Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And it's Tuesday night here in the NBA, still just six games to choose from like we had last night on Monday. In this one, we're taking a look at those Cleveland Cavaliers. They are in Brooklyn taking on the Nets. Also got another game video up for you and our player props. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page and continue to follow along with us. Also head to thelines.com. That's the website we have up there with all the great written content for you guys and more, uh, including the odds finder tool that we have up there. That's what Nate and I are using every morning, making sure we're getting the best odds available to us from these U.S. sports books. Let's go ahead and jump into this little slate here for Tuesday night and then talk about these Nets and Cavs. And feel free to talk about uh, slash capitulate winning both those under and over bets last night that we disagreed on. But yeah, uh, that that's on you. What we got Wiz plus one at the Magic to start it off in this game. Cavs are minus three at the Nets, 218 total. Pistons plus 14 at Atlanta. The Spurs plus 13 at the Pelicans. Celtics are minus five in Sacramento, total creeping up a bit. We'll look at that game. Uh, the total right now is around 240. King, Kings are on a back-to-back, of course, after losing in Utah there. And then the Thunder plus seven at Clips to close out the slate. Um, yeah, but the Cavs here, I'm not even talking about totals. I don't want to look at that at 218. It's very low, but the Nets offense is not trustworthy. We finally seen regression hit like a ton of bricks here after they really popped up and caught a bunch of teams. They won five of six. They punted a game against Milwaukee, but still covered. Um, and they were just catching teams by surprise. Mikel Bridges suddenly looking like, uh, you know, like an even swap for Kevin Durant in some sort of crazy six game sample size. And now he's still scoring 27 a game in their last three here, but with terrible efficiency, it's obviously regressed there. 105 rating. Uh, you look at Cam Johnson, also bad efficiency, shooting 31% from three in their last three here. Nick Claxton has been good, but does not perform against the Cavs, as you would expect. They, they don't let him score down low five points per game in four career against the Cavs. And Seth Curry's also been good offensively, but not defensively. I mean, he's a 120 defensive rating in these last three where the Nets are scoring under 102 a game. And that's not just the small sample size of three games here. You look at their last four home games in general, 101 points per game, 12 threes at under 33%, 42% field goal shooting. And that's just always the concern is like, where are the points going to come from when they don't have the two playmakers as we expected? Um, they they managed to kind of pull the wool over your eyes for a while, but now it's just looking awful. Um, and it's like, sure, that for the first game was against the Bucks, the best defense in the league without Drew and Giannis, though. Uh, and then these last three games are against Charlotte, Sacramento, and Denver, which is reeling. Denver, which is awful on the road defensively. So it's not like we're saying anything about the matchup here. It's just the fact that the Nets are not a good offensive team now, as we'd expect and as the front office, frankly, should recognize that, that it's just it's a year to maybe drop lower in the standings or just, you know, continue to see what they have. Um, look, just since the trade, again, zooming out larger sample at home versus on the road, they've actually been way worse offensively in the, in the, the dead arena that is Barclays, right? The dark, the dark dead arena scoring one Oh three, a game versus one fourteen on the road, uh, seven fewer free throw attempts, worse three point shooting. 
in general, they're dead last in fast break point percentage, in paint points percentage. And so it's all about the three ball, right? Scoring the sixth highest percentage of points off threes. And the Cavs are actually struggling uh, in terms of the quality of looks they give up from three, right? Dead last in percentage, but limiting the attempts overall uh, since the All-Star break, if you look at that. And really, just with the Cavs, it, it's it's so simple that it's just like they're not the type of team to let the Nets surprise them or like to, to take a team lightly. They love these opportunities to just beat down a bad team. Uh, they've won nine straight against Eastern Conference teams that are out of the playoffs right now. And that's, you know, and they're 30 and 10 against teams below 500. The Nets are neither. But frankly, after this trade, they are on the same competitive balance. They are, they're one of the worst teams in the East. Um, and I just trust the Cavs to take care of business here. It's just minus three. They could get Jaron Allen back as well. He's missed four games with an eye injury. If he comes back, there will reportedly be no limitations, no goggles or anything. And then he'll be going up against his former team along with Levert, who uh, is hot lately. So the fact that maybe Mikkel Bridges does a good job on Donnie Mitchell, which he's done recently, not as big of a problem because Garland is going to cook whatever Brooklyn Nets guard is on him. Levert is going to cook off the bench. And the Cavs have been, have been scoring pretty well lately in addition to their defense, which is still well above average. It is. Yeah, it is above average. I think the only thing that um, scares me about this Cavs team is just that they haven't been playing well on the road. I, let me preface this with I also um, don't have the desire to go after the total. There was one game I think that went under last night. It was the only one I thought was going to go over. So I'm off totals for tonight. Uh, well done, Nate, on putting up those totals. This one, uh, Cleveland, right? And and I'm going to talk about the struggles on the road a little bit for them since really since the All-Star break and even one game right before that. But th- that's not really going to be as relevant here when you look at what Brooklyn Brooklyn does at home, um, you know, but for 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 Cleveland, starting with that road stuff, I mean, there's just a little it's just a lot different than it is at home. And it's really just because they forget to bring their defense with them. Their their offense is what it is at this point. It's about 114, 115 uh, points a game. It's playing at like a 95, 96 pace. Um, and it's it's just really bully ball, bully ball outside. You know, it's the two guards orchestrating everything and then bully ball after that once the ball's up and out of their hands. So um, they've gone seven and one to the over on the road uh, since that all-star break uh, and, and one game before really. Um, and they're three and four at that point, or three and five rather in those games. So not, not playing great because that 180, 18 defensive rating, like I said, which is way up from that rough, roughly like 107 that they're playing with at home. So it's just a little bit higher scoring. This one's at 218 and a half. And I just, there's no reason for me to, to really get into that. If, you know, I feel good about the, the Cavs being able to, to handle this team. I don't want to say handle this team, but I just want to say that the way that Brooklyn needs to win is bombing threes and Mikhail going off and then guys around him making all their threes. That's that's how they win. We talked about it directly after the trade happened, and we started the show with, welcome to the new look Brooklyn Nets, and that's what they continue to be. Um, the problem is, is that even though, like you said, Cleveland giving up a, a really high percentage from deep, they're not allowing you to shoot, right? Because defense is effort. And if you run around on the three-point line uh, and, and just give effort against those three-point shooters, unlike the New York Knicks last night who got gave up 140 points because they didn't do that, um, then you would be in a, you're in a pretty good spot to just limit them to 11 threes, 12 threes. Let's say they hit 12 of 
you know, 33s. Really great percentage. That's still just 12, and they're not getting any points in the paint. They're not getting points from anywhere else. They're, they're getting 49% of their points um, from the three-point line. Rather, they're shooting 49% of their shots from there. They're making enough to, to score like 46% of their points from three. So they're going to have to chuck, which does, you know, bode well for them hitting more because they're going to put up more but that percentage I, they're just going to get smothered uh, around the uh, around the perimeter I think and because of the fact that they know that the, these Cavs team know they don't have to help out anybody if Jared Allen plays which it seems like he's likely to play and maybe he'll be a little bit hobbled fine but it's not like they're honestly not even that much worse without him because of the rise of Evan Mobley who's gotten so much better uh, throughout this season as well including defending the rim um, which he's done super well you know in the, in the last four games since Allen has been out so um, you know this th- there's not going to necessarily be any way for the, the the Nets to get to the bucket at that point because I think they're just going to pack it in. Um, and and the Cavs are really they're a situational team, man. It's it's odd, but like I like looking at the trends with them just as much as any team because they really do seem to have sort of a different style on the road versus at home and a different style in mind when they're the favorite. Um, they've been one of the best teams as the favorite, second best percentage in covering uh, on the season, thirty six and twenty one covering those games as the favorite versus the East. They're covering twenty seven out of forty four games, um, including winning those games by an average of seven points. Um, and then as the away favorite, which is a really weird, uh, you know, uh, trend that not that many teams even have a, a record for because not that many teams are good enough to be favored on the road. But this team in 22 games that they've been favored on the road have covered in 13 of those one in, tw- in, in 19 of, of 22 uh, and are covering by seven points uh, in those games. So they only need to cover by three. That's why it's just like, this is too low y'all. And um, even though, you know, Mikhail is someone that I would like to, to target because he scores so many more points at home and he's putting so many shots up no matter what, because it's, that's all they've got. Uh, it's just clearly not going to be enough because they can funnel, they control the, the, the tempo of the game when they're on defense, the Cavs, they can funnel the ball to where they want it and bring it right down low to where they have two of the best defender def- uh, in, interior defenders in the league and they'll control the boards right I mean let's talk about like the defense and the winning margins aside from their inability to score the Nets are 28th in rebounding rate since the trade as well um, also allowing the most rebounds overall third most second chance points since the break Um, they're 21st in opponents three-point shooting and 22nd in paint points the one thing they can limit, they are limiting, is points off turnovers. They are taking care of the ball, uh, and the Cavs are scoring that their most, uh, the most percentage of points off turnovers in the league since the break. So that makes me shy away from the over a little bit. But the fact that the Cavs' second big, biggest uh, maker is in the paint, and and like we talk about, yeah, like Seth Curry playing or Patty Mills playing against some of these guards uh, that. You know, then now the Cavs are deploying three guards that can just get their own shot. They score an extremely high rate of unassisted threes, unassisted twos, because those guys are just playmakers. Um, I do think they they have no problem um, winning this one here. Yeah, like you said, the numbers you rattle off, it's covering the spread too, and this is almost a spread they don't have to cover. They just exactly. they just have to win, and and they're again thirty and ten against teams with losing records. Uh, and have 30 10-point wins this season as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do win by double digits. Uh, it, it is maybe worth looking at an alternate spread because if I was setting this line, it would definitely be five or six, Yeah, I think, for the Cavs. I think so. I thought it would be closer to five and a half, even six and a half. I thought it would get bet up as well. It only really went from like, what, two and a half to three at this point. So I, I think people find this fair. I, 
that in in and alone makes me go, what am I missing? Because even at at home, this Nets team, 106 defensive rating since since the trades at home. I mean, compared uh, to 120 on the road, but that's alongside 103 offensive rating. So it's like it's just a a slower pace. It's just a choppy game. Um, If they don't just hammer, you know, not hammer, if they don't just pour in three pointers and Mikhail does things that we haven't seen before from him, then then there's not much to be to believe in for them. And that's the anomaly here. Uh, and, and the Cavs themselves remain, you know, one of the top five teams in terms of defending shooting guards. So it's like it's not a position that, that you, you feel good about Mikhail being able to go up on uh, as this Cavs team should be looking to stay ahead of the Knicks here and, and, and claim that four seed, which they can do with a couple more wins down the stretch. So and then the Celtics are minus five with the Kings on a back to back in sack. And total's been bet up a little bit from 237 to 239, 240. But it hasn't been up, bet up a ton considering the Kings' reputation again. And uh, we were looking at the total last night in Utah, more looking at the fact that we thought Sacramento would be looking ahead to this game. And then sure enough, Laurie Markkinen sits, and then they come out with like no effort. They get down big but go on a tear in the third quarter, De'Aaron Fox leading the way. And still go over with a 248 total on the road. Now they're back home. They're on a back-to-back. They have crazy numbers on back-to-backs. Uh, part of it skewed by that second highest scoring game of all time at the Clippers. Uh, but they're on, on the season averaging 252 with opponents there in some close games. Um, you know, they, they they did go under, way under in Brooklyn, but we talked about the Nets putrid offense right now in that other video that was during a long road trip for the Kings. They are now back home after the said long road trip um, and their previous home game on a back to back 272 with the with the Minnesota Timberwolves, who granted are suddenly looking like a shootout team again after playing great defense all year. So they they tend to go over in this spot for sure. Um, five and three as home dogs to the over versus they are, they do go under on the road as underdogs and they tend to bounce back from losses as well. I mean, that's how you maintain your status as the two seed in the West, right? Seven and two straight up six and three against the spread. Their last nine at home after a loss with DeMontis bonus. I'm throwing it out that they lost one, two in a row um, with, with the, without him against the nuggets. Then he returned if you guys remember around Christmas and they beat the Nuggets when the Nuggets were uh, red hot. Um, <clears throat> Will Rob Williams return for the Celtics tonight is a big note here. It's the final game of a six game road trip for them. They did get two days off after losing to the Jazz late. Uh, I don't know if Rob's going to play more than like 20 minutes, though, if he is out there, because they've got to be really cautious with him. At this point, it's probably health overseeding for the Celtics who have just been Straight up average since the All-Star break. Like every single defensive stat, just average. Um, Slower pace, 13th offensive rating, um, dead last in mid-range points. Not too too unusual. Also, uh, you know, losing the free throw battle pretty badly and losing the battle on the boards, which is the one thing that Rob Williams would help correct if he is in there. Kings right now are number one defensive rebounding rate. uh, since the break, so they would need him out there to kind of match that. Uh, but yeah, this is a get-right spot, I think, for that Boston offense. Which same thing when they started this road trip in Atlanta, right? Like obvious get-right spot, putrid defense, especially guarding the three-point line. That's what we're dealing with the Kings, um, who not only struggle to guard the three, but are giving up the most assists since the All-Star break. 
they're they're they have a 120 defensive rating in that span. The one thing they limit is like points off turnover, second chance, but the Celtics will, will burn you in the half court. There's some pretty stark numbers here defensively since the break uh, that they, they just regressed defensively, the Kings, but they made up for it with their incredible offense, allowing six more points per game, four more threes on seven more attempts. And again, yeah, the most assists per game, which is three more than they were averaging before the break. So I think this Celtics team with Jason Tatum leading the way, I think it's a good time to buy low on his props. 33 and a half points and assists for Tatum against the Kings team. He's roasted against the Kings team that's tired and does not guard the wing very well. I think he will be scoring a lot. I do lean over here. I mean, you'd be crazy to take an under yeah. with the Kings right now. I don't really know the last time they went under at home. Uh, it's like <laughs> it's six of their last eight have gone over at home. And just one game since New Year's has gone below 231 at home. That was against the Raptors in a in a dead dead game. They just steadily get to at least 238 in these home games. So leaning over and leaning Kings to cover plus five is is a lot for a really good team that's at home. Yeah, I think that's that's my preferred play tonight. To be honest, is is them coming in and. Uh, and being able to cover at home, at, even on, on the second leg of that back-to-back, it's a pretty short flight from, from Utah to SAC. Uh, interesting that we're, <laughs> we're talking about the two most recent teams to lose to this Utah Jazz team um, <laughs> as, you know, as they're looking to, to actually make plays down the stretch and get seeding in the two-seed here for both these teams in their conferences. But um, it, it's going to be a battle of threes. There's going to be a ton of threes. I think we know that um, you know, since basically, well, let's just, let's just say March. I mean, we could, we could look at a bunch of different sample sizes, but this is going to be number one and number two in terms of making threes over the course of their last, you know, let's say three weeks or so, two weeks, um, both of those things. I mean, the, the Bucks have been, been shooting. Obviously, the, the dubs are up there, but they've been playing on the road, uh, so there's less stats for them as of late to show their three-point shooting. Regardless, they're they're both average at best uh, in terms of guarding the three right now. Boston has been good at times, um, but right, you know, as we said on the road lately, hasn't been their forte. It's been just making threes on the road is what they're they've been relying on, and obviously, it's what they rely on all season. Um, you talk about wins and losses, and and the amount of threes that they're hitting versus mi- missing um, in those games, and it's really in in losses they're shooting thirty one percent from three. That's 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 pretty much it, right? And in, in wins they're shooting basically forty percent, almost forty one percent from deep so it's like it's one of those things that you don't love to have to bet on and, and Rob Will being in there would be super helpful because that's that's kind of where I start with with SAC if if we're going to talk about them um, being able to sort of get theirs on on deep on offense rather um, Keegan Murray's been on fire guys all around the perimeter have been on fire for the last three games for this team um, and I think you, you can kind of bank on that as well I, I don't believe in in the Celtics um, desire to, to shut down the three-pointer right now let's let's put it that way we talk about effort on the three-point line in that Cavs game as they're going to funnel things for them because they are just flying around uh, you know the three-point line and we just need to see that for, from the C's tonight and we, we need to see that consistency uh, as they're finally getting healthy in the backcourt and, and having guys available um, the clutch numbers as well uh, come into play here, and we know what the Kings are. We know what Deer and Fox is. Uh, he's going to be our first 
ever clutch player award winner that we now have in the NBA because it's just it's crazy what he's doing and continues to do in that time frame. And and that's what I, I like down the stretch as well is like for for the Kings to be able to score um, with that you know top five clutch offense at the end of games right now. Uh, that it really has been all season and has maintained that since the All Star break, staying in that top five. So um, th- that's where I, why I like them to be able to cover as well. And you look at them as as home underdogs this season and, and they are losing those eight games that they've been in such a situation they've covered five of the eight um they're losing by like one and a half points so it's basically like a pick them for them when they're the underdog at home and four and a half points is just a bit too much um maybe they're talking about no rest and that's why they think this is but like we said we were looking ahead at the no rest in a way that was like they're gonna make a comeback but even when they made the the, the um the bulk of their comeback in that third quarter to try to even you know bring it closer than the 20 points they were down for most of the first half. Uh, that was mostly Keegan Murray uh, hitting a ton, a ton of threes. You had Trey Lyles in there. Murray hit three in that third quarter, uh, or four rather. You had uh, Trey Lyles hitting a couple. And then De'Aaron Fox did his thing too. They got a ton of fast break points. And the fast break points, they're not necessarily going to be easy to come by against the Celtics team, but it's not a team uh, in the Celtics that have been getting back on defense as of late. I mean, they're 11th in stopping fast break points on the road, specifically in the last like two weeks or overall, not even on the road. Uh, they're 11th overall in stopping fast break points, but that number goes goes way down um, when they're on the road. They do give up more fast break points there as well, uh, failing to get back. So, yeah, I, I think the sort of like tired legs narrative here isn't really worth is is really as as impactful as people might think with Boston getting that rest uh and, and then the 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 Kings sort of you know being prepared for tonight they they continue to go over on no rest anyway it's not like no rest is really going to mean they're going to up their defense and and down their shooting uh that has not been the case for them this season so i, I think 5 points is too much uh and that this is going to be much closer even like a 2 or 3 point game yeah i mean but the the short rest is where the Kings thrive even really back to last season cuz they're so young and they follow the lead of Fox, who seems to have limited, limitless energy. They've actually covered at their highest rate when they're at a rest disadvantage this year, 13-5 and five against the spread. The Celtics are also really good on short rest, so it's not like they have good numbers with a rest advantage here. And it's just the Kings kind of tipped their hand last night with their effort, uh, with not going out, with with not playing Kevin Quarter, who might be ready to return tonight. Um, you know, after, you know, deliberately they were like, all right, we'll hold you out one more they they have this game circled. Um, it, you know they have a, a sour taste in their mouth. I think from getting kind of sunned by the Bucks at home uh, a couple weeks ago. Really, the only home game they've lost in a while. And Giannis kind of dancing on their grave at the end there. They Trey Lyles in particular taking exception to it. Uh, so now they get a shot at another Eastern Conference contender. They have a the reason they're underdogs. I don't think is the rest. It's that they're slightly below five hundred against winning teams this year. Uh, that they have, you know, had had trouble when they're underdogs winning these games. They've covered, but uh, are they going to win? So, to from their perspective, it's like it's it's a big uh, time to show out. And the Celtics have won against the Western Conference nine and three in their last twelve, but only covered in five of those. So they're scraping by when they do win. We saw what they did in Minnesota. It was an ugly, scrappy win. Uh, this one might be a high-scoring scrappy win, but I just don't see them really covering five, then like rolling through anybody right now as they just kind of try to limp home. This is their last long road trip, and then they get to to kind of focus on their home games the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean they're going to bring it. The the Celtics, the, the, the Sixers lost last night too, and, and you talk about down the stretch. Uh, they they want this division. I don't know if they're going to catch the Bucks or not. Um, who you know who continue to stay hot as well. But th- this is an opportunity, obviously, for them. Uh, I, I think to to maintain some some 
pace in that division against the 76ers, who I believe have two fewer games than the uh, than the the Celtics at this point. But the uh, the C's are currently you know have wins in those situations, so they're essentially like a game up, uh, and and they need this one. So I, I think they're going to be bringing it, but I just think that means they br- there's going to be a lot of points too. It would be terrifying to go under 240 in this game that has more likelihood to reach 250 in my opinion than it does like 235 at this point. So um, there's going to be points. There's going to be threes, and and I think we'll talk about that a little bit here uh, in the player props as well. You're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U S sports books all in one place. Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump right into your first one, Mr. Russell Westbrook. Yeah, uh, Russ Westbrook with a rare zero turnover game in a win against the Warriors. Uh, it seemed to get him back in the good graces of Ty Lu, who then gave him 35 minutes in his next two outings. And he nice nicely went for 10 turnovers in those two, but also put up some peripheral stats, 17 rebounds, 19 assists. And I just looking at 12 and a half rebounds assists at bad odds or 13 and a half at good odds uh, as just being crazy low for Russell Westbrook. It's like there's only way he's going under that is if he plays probably less than 27 minutes tonight. Uh, I, I think he's going to get a good amount of run against OKC. You have seen him spike against OKC, the team that, of course, drafted him. He spent most of his career there in nine since leaving. Um, he does have four triple doubles, one with Houston, two with Washington, one with the Lakers actually, and, and hit 27 points twice with the Lakers, uh, including the latest one off the bench in just 28 minutes with AD and LeBron playing. He has better splits at home. Obviously it's the same home arena now that he's with the Clippers, better splits, not being good splits, but being better. Uh, so maybe he can score double digit points. Just throwing that out there because it's plus 1,200 for triple-double uh, or plus 225 for double-double, which I think he could he could definitely hit rebounds or assists, double digits here. OKC actually giving up the sixth most boards, fourth most assists uh, overall in their last six games here. Also, I will say um, in his last four against OKC, Russ has 25 turnovers uh, as he continues to press and force the issue when he was with the Lakers there. And you're getting plus 110 for him to commit four turnovers tonight, which again comes with the territory. If he plays 30 plus minutes, that's probably going to happen. Uh, But that's only if you're drinking Haterade. Otherwise, I think you want the peripheral stats for a guy who's in his last three here is averaging 17 uh, peripherals. And and the prop is only is five lower than that um, against OKC. So go for it. 
I mean, yeah, hater or not, like it's it's more likely that he's getting turnovers if he's got minutes. And if he's getting minutes, uh, I think he's going to get minutes against OKC. But it's funny you say that because I noticed he wasn't playing much of the fourth quarters. And then that game against Golden State happened. And then he played the bunch of the fourth quarters the last couple games, even though one of them was when they pretty much had the game in hand in the fourth. And you saw Kawhi and PG sit and then Russ really play the rest of the game for them. Um, so we'll see how that that works out tonight. OKC. Don't sleep. Like this team is nice right now. Jalen Williams is their second best player, uh, the rook, and and they're they're playing super well. So uh, there's there's going to be opportunity. This it's going to be a game either way. And, and there's going if Russ gets the minutes, then I then I like all the, all the stats for him as well for sure. So uh, let's go on to Mr. Jason Tatum uh, and his points and assist prop. You can also talk about his three pointers, but thirty three and a half points and assists or over three and a half threes. That gets you plus one twenty eight on FanDuel. Good find by Nate there using that odds finder tool. Um, um, and it's a Kings Kings Celtics game in Sacramento. There's got to be some points. Um, Tatum playing well against that team in his last three versus Sac. Uh, Thirty, basically thirty three points a game, six boards, five assists, one hundred forty four individual offensive rating. And for that three pointer prop, he's hitting five more than five threes at fifty three percent clip in those last three versus Sac. Not a defensive uh, prowess, or known for their defensive prowess, are the Sacramento Kings. Um, he has been a little bit of a slump on his last seven roadies, including this road trip they're on right now. 23 points a game with 10 boards and about five and a half assists in that time. Not shooting very well, 38 from, from the floor and then 24% from deep, uh, making just two, two and a half threes on about 10 attempts right now. So obviously a pretty bad percentage for him, but uh, six of seven, uh, excuse me, six assists in nine of his last 11 roadies, um, where he's been diving up a bit more as well uh, and sack is allowing the fourth most points per game and the second most assist per game to small forwards I think we expect Tatum to be able to play in a small forward role tonight especially if Rob Will is getting you know let's say 20-ish minutes uh, if he's able to return and then sack playing on a back-to-back we know how bad they are uh, on defense but just how much they care about scoring more than anything on those back-to-backs uh, and no rest a little bit skewed uh, by that Clippers game that they played on a back-to-back historically scoring a ton of points and giving up a ton but they are still uh, allowing a ton of uh, points at home because that's where they're scoring and uh, a league high 29 assists per game that they're allowing as well since the all-star break. So I think you throw the assists in there for Tatum uh, as a cr- correctly mentioned in here that he's just, he's diming up on the road a lot, uh, but the points don't scare you either because you know, there's going to be a ton to get. And, and both these teams are hitting threes and giving up threes at a super high clip. And the assists is good for his, his, him getting this prop. It's also good for him hitting threes because as mentioned, uh, uh, Zach Lowe in the pod with, with Scalabrini, he's shooting 28% on pull-up threes right now. If the Celtics are moving the ball and getting him a catch-and-shoot three, he's going to shoot closer to 40%. Uh, you know, And he's also going to drive and attack closeouts and, and roast whoever's on him on the Kings as he's done. Look, averaging 33 against this team, averaging 30 on the season in general. And, and we're talking about a few more assists for a guy who's also averaging a career-high Five and a half assists per game, wherever he is. Um, so, and recently on the road, those have been there. So, I, I think this is a great buy low spot after he slumped a little bit coming into this one. Um, I'm actually going to sell high on this other guy, Brad Beal, who's been hot lately and especially spiked without Kyle Kuzma, who's ruled out tonight at Orlando. But it's at Orlando, and that definitely could spell a pretty ugly physical game. Uh, Beal has not performed well against Orlando. 21 points in his last three against them. Um, despite shooting 46% of the field and 56% from downtown. So he's also got pretty unsustainably high shooting splits, I think, in his last four without Kuzma. That's why he's averaging 30 points per game in those. 
His prop is at 26 and a half, and they're tempting you to go under here, minus 105 at DK. Uh, I think you could tack on six assists as well if you want a little bit more safety. Um, I mean, he's averaging about five assists right now in his last six and, and five in his last 14 roadies. Also only 22 points in those ones. And you look at kind of the different defenses he's played. Like, he, of course, he lit up Atlanta. We had that in props. And Detroit, he absolutely destroyed Detroit, which is a G League team. But Chicago, Philly, and Cleveland held him to 17.7 points and under six assists on some rough shooting. Those are good defenses. Orlando's allowing the six fewest points to shooting guards in their last 30 games. And they held Devin Booker, the shooting god, uh, to 19 points. He has at least 28 in every other game in March. That's eight other games, including games with KD. He scores at will, and to hold him to 19 yeah, is really impressive compared to Beal. Yeah, no, for sure. This Shout out this Orlando team for continuing to play defense down the stretch uh, and, and continuing to try, really, uh, with, with a bunch of young guys who you know don't necessarily have much to play for at this point, uh, but are definitely continuing to bring the effort. And I think that's going to be the case tonight as well at home. Um, they've actually been scored. There's been a bunch more points scored in Orlando than on the road, but that's also in part because of their inability to score uh, in, in general on the road. So I, I still think that they're going to be able to, to to put some clamps on Beal and Kuz. I mean, is, is basically they're they're the player with the best net rating and the best on off stuff for them. So like, what as he goes, this team goes a little bit as well. He's been super important for them. Uh, so yeah, that their offense should be stymied a little bit with that fact as well. Uh, and then finishing things off here with a guy we've talked about a couple of times this season, Nate Killian Hayes. Um, we've gone. Under a couple times, we've gone over as well. And we're going to go over in this one at 13 and a half points. That's even money on DraftKings. I would say the points, rebounds, and assists, especially with the way the young youngster has been diming up um, over the course of the last week or two, uh, 23 and a half points, rebounds, and assists for Killian Hayes uh, over on that as well. In his last five, you're looking at 14 points a game, three boards, and then the 10 assists. Um, he's also getting about four and a half, five turnovers, which whatever, but we're fine with that. Uh, 25% usage uh, in that time frame with a really bad offensive rating um, and not very good plus minus either, whatever you want to do with that. Um, but this is once an Atlanta team that you talked about a second ago briefly by just saying you can go ahead and fade their defense uh, and, and take some props against them. It Last time he played them, he got 31 minutes, uh, which is what we're, we're hoping for here, continuing to get the 35 he's been getting. Um, and 17 points, five boards, five assists against Atlanta just a couple months ago. Um, you know, and, and I think there's, there's another opportunity for him in this situation if he's going to be getting those minutes. Uh, as, as we kind of talk about the per 36 in those situations, he's looking at 13 points and about eight assists uh, and then about four boards in there as well. Gets you right about 25 uh, points, rebounds, and assists for the kids. So, um, look, we talk about fading Atlanta since the All-Star break. They've got the, tw- the fourth worst defensive rating in the league, um, and they are allowing the fourth most uh, assist per game to their opponent, which is what we're banking on for Killian tonight. They're allowing the third most points. They are third in pace, uh, and teams are just getting whatever they want in you know their bottom 10 in terms of allowing uh, f- effective field goal percentage and all that kind of stuff. So I-, I think Killian Hayes, to get some dimes, to score some points tonight, a few boards, if he gets the three to four rebounds right and the eight assists, I think we feel pretty good about him finishing off this prop for us. I mean, you got to think about the mentality for Detroit here. I mean, he's horrendous efficiency stats, 93 offensive rating. He's a minus 57 and has four and a half turnovers, which is like golf clap. Good job. Keep keep us losing, baby. Uh, Jaden Ivey has come back from, I think he had COVID. He was out with protocols and he's really just taking a back seat 
um, as kind of their more efficient playmaker. And they're just like, whatever, Jaden, like you can play just, just, you know, go out there. So between Killian Hayes and Rodney Magruder, who I do not see props up yet for, because he is such a fringe, uh, star, but he's been lighting it up lately. I, I would be all over his props when those do come up, uh, all over him in DFS here tonight as just a total, like, yeah, go out there and, and, and make a name for yourself, Rodney, uh, because we have no interest in winning these games. And Atlanta has no interest in playing defense. So uh, you can definitely get numbers against this team. Poor Rodney Magruder catching stray. Shout out K-State. Shout out Rodney Magruder and this Pistons team that tanks like as well as, anybody, as well as anybody. And that is all the time we have for you in this one. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along and check out those other couple videos we have up for you today. Until we see you next, happy betting. Stop.